great to be with you again this Sunday, and uh, today uh, sees the end of our series on discipleship, and this morning I just wanted us to bring some words, uh, and the theme of it really is put it into practice, discipleship, put it into practice, and in particular, perhaps just looking at one aspect of discipleship that perhaps we don't talk about a lot, but is actually quite a valuable one, and that's accountability, Accountability. Have you ever wondered what God's goal for your life is? It's a big question, isn't it? And to a certain degree, probably it's one that most of us have asked at various times in different ways for different reasons. For those of you that have done the Freedom in Christ course, we encounter that question on, seven, uh, on, on session 12. We ask that question, what is God's great goal for your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus? And as we unpack the night, basically what comes out is the great goal for each of us as Christians is to become more and more like Jesus in character. And that's, that whole thought is backed up by this passage from Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3, that just says these words, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I mean, we could just preach a sermon on that, couldn't we? His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. For this reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. Who represents those qualities of goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance and godliness? Christ is the one who represents them most to us. So Peter is exhorting the, the people, the men, the women that he's writing to. He says, make every effort, make it your goal in life to become more and more like Christ. If you want the theological term for that definition, it's the term called sanctification. That's a big word, isn't it, if we haven't encountered it. But to help give us perhaps a little bit of understanding of what this, words mean, this word means, let me unpack a couple of other words as well. You see, your salvation and my salvation, and it can actually be made up of three phases or, or three different distinct um, terms. And the first one we come to is justification. So if we say that justification is us here. Justification is the term we use to describe that moment when we become Christians, when we believe that Jesus died on the cross to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, when we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Lord and the Saviour for the world, when we are willing to repent of our sins and turn around and give our hearts and minds over to Him to declare that uh, we need to be forgiven, where we accept His justification of, over our lives. Justification is that moment when our lives are transferred from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. We become citizens of a new realm. We become citizens of a new kingdom. We serve a new master. So justification is salvation past. Justification is that moment, that one-time event when we gave our lives to Christ and we started on that Christian journey. 
Another term then that theologians and Christians often talk about, so we've got justification over here, is the end of this process, which is glorification. Glorification, on the other hand, describes the end of the journey. It's the salvation of the future. It's that hope that we, we will be saved. That moment when our body passes away, when our breath finally falters and our spirits ascend to heaven. That which has been perishable becomes imperishable. That which has been temporal becomes eternal. Glorification is salvation future. This too is that one-time event, the conclusion of our journey. So what happens in between those two events of salvation? What transpires between that moment of justification and that moment when everything passes and we are glorified to eternity in heaven? What happens on the journey between those two points? Well, that's where this term sanctification steps in. God invites us on a journey of sanctification. Sanctification is not an event, but it is a process. To put it in another way, it's a daily event. It's something that we need to do and be thinking about daily. It's a continual growing in Christ, such that the sinful flesh is put more and more to death in each one of us, so that the life of the Spirit can live in and out and through each one of us in the fruits of righteousness. In other words, it's becoming more and more like Jesus Christ in nature and character as our life goes on. Here is another thing to notice about those terms. While your justification and glorification are dependent, are dependent completely on God, actually God invites us to participate in this process of sanctification. He does a sanctifying, but by the choices that we make, we declare that we are joining with Him. We're aligning ourselves with Him and the things that He would ask of us. That's why Peter says in these words, make every effort. John, make every effort to grow in godliness. That's why Paul says to the Philippians, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's why he said to the Romans, we have an obligation and it's to live according to the Spirit. As I was just uh, studying this, I, I found out this uh, on one of the websites as we look at uh, justification, sanctification and glorification, I just love this. He says, justification is this, that we've been delivered from the penalty of sin. Sanctification is we are currently being delivered from the power and the pleasures of sin. And then glorification, Jesus will deliver us from the presence of of sin. That moment when we get to heaven, sin is no more, sin is done, sin is dead, sin is final. We live for eternity in purity. But as we come to the end of our series on discipleship, there are many things and many disciplines that actually help us on our road on discipleship. They help us on this road of going from justification to glorification. All along the way, along that step of process, there are many things that we can do that will help us. And you're probably doing many of them. We, we, we know what they are. They're reading, they're studying, they're prayer, they're coming to church, they're going to life groups, their fellowship, their midweek Bible studies, all those things that help us on our journey.
But this morning, there's perhaps just one other one again just to mention, and that is being accountable, making yourself accountable to someone, to maybe one or two others that can really help us on this journey. The picture I had that um, is this, is that sometimes on this process, when, we, when we're saved, we give our lives to Christ and we're on this process of justification. Some way, somehow, sometimes we get stuck and it's not a direct wrecked. Sorry, it's not a direct route, is it? Sometimes we feel like we're going around the same kind of problems, the same kind of things. And on this journey, we're going around and around, sometimes up and down, and we can get stuck in in patterns and ways of thinking, ways of behaviour. And that's where discipleship, that's where others can come alongside and help us in that. We learned from John Andrews last week, didn't we, that discipleship is more than just you becoming a disciple of Christ. Discipleship is actually means of begetting other disciples. One of the roles of a disciple is to go out and make other disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. And John's terminology last week was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? He says, go be an example. Go and show Jesus to other people. He then said, go and explain. Tell them the why you are a Christian. Tell them why you are a follower of Jesus. And then explain to them how you be a follower of Jesus. And then the third part he talked about was exercise it. Now that you are a disciple of Jesus, you go share your story. You go tell your story to somebody else and help them to become a disciple of Jesus. But one of the best ways of being a disciple, of adding goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness to our faith, of being sharpened in our journey on sanctification is to put ourselves into that discipleship or into those accountability situations. As I was thinking of this, I was just thinking of the 12 disciples because the Bible is very clear, isn't it? That, that Jesus called the 12 disciples up on a mountain. He chose them. But they had a choice to make. They could follow or not follow. They still had a choice. They were called, but the choice was theirs, whether to leave their livelihoods behind, leave their families behind, leave their communities behind. And in the terminology of Peter, make every effort to follow Jesus. That was a choice. One of the ways that we know that we are being accountable to God, we're in that process of discipleship, the choices that we make as we're on this journey, as we're sometimes going up and down, going around in circles. So what does accountability look like? And this is what I want to encourage. And this might not be for everybody here this morning, but I trust it's for a few and that it might help us in that journey and in that process of sanctification. So what does accountability actually look like? It's having that someone who will walk alongside you in those ups and downs, in those roundabout circles. Somebody that was willing to challenge you, someone that is willing to encourage you, someone who's willing to pray for you. And get this, someone who is even at times willing to rebuke you. Someone who will do the hard yards with you on the journey. And it's not to be there to judge you. It's not there to be nitpicking at all your faults. But it's somebody who understands the end of that process is to help you and walk that journey so that at the end of your journey, you have become more and more like Christ. And there's a couple of verses in Scripture, very well-known ones to us, that, that speak to this, don't they? Proverbs 27, uh, 27, 17 speaks of this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. A beautiful Scripture just 
talking about that accountability process, sharpening one another. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Get this, verse 10, if one of them falls down, the other one helps them up. Accountability. Why is accountability so helpful in this process of discipleship, in this process of sanctification? Well, it's this. It keeps us from isolation. You see, one of the devil's great schemes is to keep Christians, you and me, isolated because of our sin. Shame and guilt are powerful emotions and they can keep us tied up for years and they can keep us hidden away from people, from others. Yes, we confess them before God, but we don't want other people to know about them. And that's rightly so. But this process of accountability can also be healing because we're encouraged in Scripture, we're encouraged in the book of James to confess our sins to one another, to share with one another. That's not everybody, that's not the whole church, but to share with some people our sins and actually bring that sin out into the light. The devil has a heyday when sin remains hidden. He can play on the emotions, he can play on your heart, he can play on your mind, all kinds of stuff when our sin sits in the darkness. But as soon as our sin is brought out, is exposed, it's brought out to the light, all of a sudden, the light, Satan has, has nothing that he can accuse you with now. It's been exposed. If Satan does come and try to accuse you, if Satan does try to come and condemn you, you can say, you know what, Satan, yes, I am a sinner. I have done that. But you know what? Through the blood of Christ, I've been cleansed. I've been set free. And you know what? I've got one or two brothers that are standing with me, praying with me. They're walking alongside me. They love me. So devil, take a hike. Accountability can strengthen us and help us. It takes away the stranglehold of isolation that the devil can hold us in and that sin can hold us in. Just a couple of thoughts just of accountability. We must be vulnerable. There must be a willingness to be exposed. With that comes a real humility, a willingness to expose myself to somebody, that the deepest parts of me, just as I would to Christ, but even to that person, knowing that person will walk this journey with me. There's a, there's a, a responsibility to be honest, a willingness not to hold back anything, but to reveal all. But then another part, another attribute of this accountability is trust. Knowing that that's who I'm accountable to, it will stay within the group. So vulnerability, honesty, humility, trust. And in the picking of, of accountability people, I would, say, I would always give this encouragement, choose wisely, be discerning, don't just trust and don't just speak to anybody. Keep the group small. These need to be people that you know that can hold confidences. They need to be people that you know with the intimate details of your life that they will be there to help you. But also know this, find in them, find in that person one who is willing to ask you the hard questions. Find in them the ones who are willing to give you permission to ask questions, the tough questions of their lives. Because the last thing we want to be doing on this journey is continuing to go around in circles, which oftentimes we can do. It's those accountability times when we're going around in circles when we need that the most. I remember a time when, a number of years ago, when I was working in ambassadors. And for a number of years, what we did was, we, we, because we were working in ministry and we wanted to hold one another accountable, 
we actually uh, went through some um, guidance on this and we, 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 we divided ourselves into these accountability partners. But what we did was we went a step further and we said, listen, every time we meet, and it was, we just meet over a cup of coffee or somewhere like that, we said, listen, we're going to ask one another the tough questions. We're going to eyeball one another and ask the tough questions. We asked seven questions. I could only remember six of them. Here's, some, here's the ones. And, and these are not the way they were phrased, but uh, they, they highlight kind of where we were going with these questions. The first question we were asked always was, how's your relationship with God doing? Has it, how's it developed? How's it grown over the last couple of weeks? What have you been reading? Challenging them on their relationship. We would challenge one another on family. How has your family life been this week? How have you been able to minister to your wife, to your kids, to the, to the wider family? What have you done on that side? And we would sharpen one another there. We had a couple of questions just on purity, sharpening one another on purity. Questions was, have you been pure in your thought life? What have you read? What have you watched? What have you listened to that has been inappropriate, if anything, this week or these past few weeks, whatever it might be? Another purity question, what sin have you battled? What sin have you struggled with, perhaps, this week? We would ask the finance question, how have you been with your finances this week? Have you been honest in your financial dealings? And then we ask the question of witness. Have you been able to witness and share with others? So we made sure that each time we would meet, we would ask those seven questions. Why? Because we wanted to protect one another on this journey of sanctification. We didn't want any of us on this journey of sanctification to be going around and around in circles, up and down in, in, our, in our lives. And so we put things into our place that would help us on that journey. But here's the most interesting thing that I found as I was chatting with my accountability partner at that time, is I began to realize that while I was helping him in the sanctification process, he was helping me in my sanctification process. We were helping one another be disciples of Christ. While I was helping perhaps one of my accountability partners and some of the things that he was struggling with. He would help me in the things that I was struggling with. Iron was sharpening iron. One man was helping the other if they fell. And here's the beautiful thing. Here's what's so special about those types of relationships. That's where we can really experience real, true Christian love. We experience that true Christian love because we know that we've been open and honest with someone. We know we've been raw and real where they've looked into the deepest secrets, the deepest intimate parts of our hearts. But yet even though they see perhaps the worst in us, they still say, John, I love you. John, I'm walking this road with you. John, I'm supporting you. John, I'm praying for you. We're on this journey of discipleship together. We're on this walk of sanctification together. I was reading this quote by Bonhoeffer as I was preparing for this and I loved it. It just said this, true grace, not cheap grace, but God's grace is found when we join with the fellowship of sinners. The fellowship of sinners is marked out by a striving towards worshiping God, but also by radical honesty about one's sins and one's struggles. It is a community that practices deep confession and frequent repentance and then, get this, celebrates God's forgiveness. When sin stays in the darkness, 
you can't celebrate anything. But where sin is exposed, where sin is brought into the light and forgiveness is received, all of a sudden now is a time for tremendous celebration where the grace of God is just lavished on us abundantly. And where we can stand together, if it is an accountability, if it is a friendship thing, we can stand together and celebrate that together. When we're in a fellowship like that, the devil has little foothold. The devil has little sway. His darts of accusation fail to penetrate our hearts. His shouts of condemnation fall on deaf ears. And there's a real freedom and liberty in a fellowship so sweet. Just as the band come up and as we come to a close today. We started today just looking at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. His divine power has given, everything, given us everything we need for a godly life. You know what? God has given us everything we need through his words, through prayer, through fellowship. God has given us everything. But just every now and again, we might get stuck in this pattern of thinking. We might get stuck in this pattern of behavior. We might get stuck somewhere along the line where we just need this accountability partner. We just need this person we can trust wholeheartedly to come and stand alongside of us and say, you know what, John, in this, I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I want to get you, help you get through this so that you are more and more like Christ. At the end of it, Peter says, make every effort. That will take some vulnerability. It will take some trust. It will take some humility. But Paul's encouragement was, make every effort. Work out your salvation. And if you need somebody to come alongside you to do that, can I encourage you, do it. Just know that we don't walk on this journey alone. God has put good men and women around to help us to develop those relationships of discipleship that dig deeper than what lies on the surface. Those relationships that are more than just mutually beneficial to both parties. A relationship that drives us to godliness and uprightness. It's interesting. Our first song today was this, Glorious Day. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry my, that kind of weight? It was my tomb until I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. Sanctification always starts with bringing everything we have to God. Letting Him deal with it. But every now and again, it just helps when we've got a brother or sister in the flesh that can stand alongside, pray, and just say, John, I'm in this journey with you. Be open, be honest. I'm not here to condemn, to judge. I'm walking this journey with you. Maybe you're there. Can I just encourage you with real wisdom? Just pray. Ask God to give you that accountability partner that can bring you out of that constant circle going, that up and down going, and just help you on that process of sanctification. We're going into another song, Graves into Gardens, right now. As we sing, maybe I would encourage, if this, if, this, if this is you, don't sing. Let others sing around you. You just close your eyes. 
and just pray. But hear these words. I'm not ashamed to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you see them all and you still call me friends. Discipleship, accountability is not just God saying those words, but a skin and flesh brother or sister saying those words. I'm not ashamed to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. You see them all, but I still call you friend. Accountability is having that same heart, bringing everything to God first, but knowing that there are brothers and sisters that will stand with you, walk alongside you, bringing you from that place of justification to glorification and in that process of sanctification, standing by your side. Heavenly Father, please just stand. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you for all that you do in our lives. We want to say thank You for that day that we were justified, when we recognised that we were lost in the dead in our sin and we gave our lives to You. God, that was the greatest day of our lives, something we could not do anything about. But Lord, on that day, You invited us onto this journey of sanctification. Lord, through the choices that we make, we choose to follow You. But Lord, forgive us because sometimes we get stuck. We go around in circles. We have besetting sins. We have problems. We have issues that that weigh us down. Lord, we know that we can bring those burdens to You, those sins to You. You've forgiven, You cleanse. But every now and again, God, we just need somebody to walk alongside of us. We need somebody with flesh and bones that just say, I'm with You, I'm behind You, I'm supporting You, I'm rallying You on, I'm encouraging You. God, if we're in that, God, just show us this morning. Give us that name. Give us that person that we can go to and speak to. Lord, because at the end of our journey, where do we want to be? On that day when we breathe our last breath, on that day when our body gives up, we want to be more like Christ than we were way back then. God, will You help us? Will You encourage us? Father, just as we sing this song, Graves into Gardens. Lord, for some of us, these besetting problems have become a tomb. They become a place of pain, of sorrow, sadness. Father, turn it today into a place of garden, a garden that just grows beautiful, fragrant, rich in beauty and colour in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen.